The views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individual and not of the host. You ready, yo, Tony, Rodney, Darren, what it is? All had problems, now we got the solutions to handle our ease. Press and stress the problems ahead, so we can work it out. Because I've grown up from boys to men, I know I'm shut my mouth. Welcome to another episode of the MMDT Married Men Don't Talk Show. My name is Tony Hawkins. I'll be your host along with my co-hosts, Rodney and Darren. We got a couple rules tonight. No cursing. We're definitely going to agree to disagree on this topic. Tonight's topic is male depression. I hear some noise. Someone got some noise in the background? Yeah, some somebody's got a window down or something. There we go. Thank. Oh, I still hear. Got that? Can we handle that? I'm trying to find it. I think I got it. Go ahead, brother. We got it. We got it. So I didn't get a chance to talk to you about it much, Rodney, when we went over the uh, the topic. But if we covered it, I I think did we dig deep into this? Darren had the topic of depression, depression one time. It was yeah. just depression, yeah. Just depression, yeah. But it's all good. But but it was but it was the 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 just depression period. Male, female, kid, whatever. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 Yes. Right. Well, well, tonight we're going to talk about male depression. Um, y'all know my brother Chuck. Most y'all know my brother Chuck. He yep. uh. He's doing this documentary. I don't know if you guys watched it. It's called I'm Good Bro, Unmasking Black Depression. And yes. I got the opportunity to watch it. Did you watch it, Rodney, yet? I have not. I've seen uh, On YouTube. The, the, yeah, I've seen his, uh, his uh, right, right, right. adverts, adverts right, but, right. yeah, no, I haven't got a right. chance to watch it yet. Right. It opened my eyes to a lot of things. Um, I didn't – I really – didn't look at male depression as a thing the way I do now. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it talks about work relationships, uh, natural relationships, um, I mean, racial relationships, fatherhood, how it all can be affected by this depression. And a lot of times they talk about you don't even know you have it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I want to talk to Chuck. Chuck, are you on yet? Yeah, I'm good, How are you, sir? I'm good, Tony. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you, man. Thank you for um, for chiming in this evening. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to speak something in. 
I'm going to speak something into existence right now. You are going to be on Tyler Perry's studio. Hey, yeah. I received that, brother. Trust me. We're going to talk about it again. At one point, I'm going to be like, remember I told you that? Because <laughs> <laughs> this kid that you got is powerful. Yeah. Right? It's powerful. And, and again, it's on YouTube. It's called I'm Good Bro Unmasking Black Male Depression. Guys, you got to check it out. But, um, you know, Chuck, you and I talk every now and then, but not as much as we should. Right. I agree. And, you know, life happens. Life happens. Um, you know, we, we, we go through things and we get together on New Year's and it, it is what it is. Uh, right. But you talked about your situation, right? And being your brother, I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I kind of knew. I don't even know what I knew. You always seemed like you had it under control and you was, you was good. You was maintaining. Yeah. You know, so... This is something also for loved ones that can't see it. Right. You know, but again, we, we are two separate states, so it wouldn't be, you know, but the times that I have seen you, I didn't see that on you, you know. Sure. So, but, but tell me a little bit about why I didn't pick it up or why most people wouldn't pick it up or how you got into, how you even acknowledged, because you talk about how, you were driving, and then you just went to the emergency room. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the thing with uh, the thing with with my so, well, first let me say this: I, I'm pretty sure uh, Corbin is on the line too, which is my business partner, the one that actually did the um, the documentary with me. Corbin, you on there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, good. So so Corbin's on here so he can you know, he can kinda help me out with this. But uh so back to mine, the reason why, uh, Tony that you probably didn't see it, uh, it's it's for two things. Uh it can be hidden very well. Uh and also uh it's it's kind of uh you know, it's it's episodic depression, like you you know, sometimes you're good and then sometimes you're not. And and a lot of times you can you put on that face like everything's fine, which is the reason why I actually named the, the documentary I'm Good, Bro, because that's generally our response when somebody asks how we doing. And even if we're not good, we say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, bro. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I did it, because that's kind of a mask that we wear. Um, but the reason... I decided to do the documentary was because I just feel like, you know, we've kind of been shunning the black community and us as, as black men, period, you know, to not talk about our emotions, to not talk about how we feel, you know, we've been bred as soldiers to be strong and, you know, man up, you know what I'm saying? So, right. and depression is an illness. And then a lot of people don't agree with this. Um, but depression is an illness just like cancer is an illness, just like diabetes is an illness. You know what I'm saying? And you don't tell those people or you'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? Just think positive. You know what I mean? It's it's two types of depression. It can be like me, you know, I, I was I was born with it because I started experiencing it very early. And then there's also you have like PTSD, which is post traumatic stress syndrome, which is 
you know, something happened in your life, you know, you could have been abused, it could have been just your environment that you were raised in that just that just causes all of these triggers in you that can, can trigger that depression. So, um, right. Right. you know, and that's why, I, you know, I said I want to do this documentary because I think a lot of brothers are hurting uh, and they don't really know why. Right, right, right. Anybody got any questions for Charles? So you say that you were, since birth, um, depressed this way? Nothing had to happen in in order for that to just come on you? It just was uh, automatic? Yeah, I mean, it can be like, you know, it can be, it can be a chemical. Basically, uh, the depression is it's, the the way it was described to me, the best way it was described to me is, is things are not firing right in the brain. You know what I'm saying? It, it's a chemical imbalance. So you either have high levels of, you know, of, uh, like, um, you know, things that make you feel good or very, you know, low levels. Like me, my, I have very low lows. Like the things that would just like probably not even really bother the average person really takes me down. You know what I mean? Like, so, and so I have to, you know, and I'll be honest, I have to take medicine every day that just kind of helps me maintain that chemical balance in my brain because if not, then I really probably would not be able to function at a high level because, you know, because of anxiety, uh, you know, just feeling very down and, and very low. Because, you know, a lot of things that bother me, other people would be like, yo, man, you're tripping. I'm like, but you you don't understand how, what that does to me. You see what I'm saying? So it's, uh, and, and, and it varies, man. I think it's, it's a lot of variations to it. It's a lot of variations to it. I'm just trying to bring awareness to it. Right. That's cool. How about marriage? Well, maybe Tony's going to get to that later. How about what? Say it again, Darren? No, I was asking, was he married and how does that work out in, in the marriage? But, yeah, I guess you're going to hit on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, yeah, like, I can, whenever y'all ready, yeah, I can talk about that, too. Okay, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so even like when, so I'm not married anymore. I was, uh, I got divorced in 2015. Um, and so my wife knew at the time, she knew that there were, you know, that there were issues and I was very honest with her. And and it's funny. She was, it seemed like she was more supportive of, of my depression, like, when we when we were dating, but it's it's funny because it's like once we got married, it was almost like okay, it, it just became like we we not gonna talk about that, and and, and I to this day I never really understood that, you know, uh, and 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 then even you know during the separation stage, you know before we got divorced, you know, she started to use it against me. You what know, and yeah. she like she would she would just say a little bit like if we you know had a disagreement or something. And I'm a very even tempered person. Like I don't argue. I don't you know yell. You know unless it's just gotten to that point. But you know just she would just say very demeaning things to me. Like you must ain't take your medicine today. You know what I'm saying? Just like oh. just just to uh, I mean really just to demean my manhood. 
Right. So it yeah, it was very weird. It was very weird. But you know, we're we're good now. Um but yeah, like I said, when we dated, I mean she was very supportive, but like when we was married, it just it just kinda of became a thing of, okay, well you the man of the house now, so you just gonna have to man up. Right, right, right. So, um <laughs> and I did have a question but it's too too early for it, but um, we already did. So, was she under the impression that she could cure you during the dating phase? Was she under the impression that that the marriage was a good thing and it would show you it would add a little bit of light to your depression? I mean, what was what did she think was going to happen when she signed up for this uh, for this task? You know, I I don't know, man. And this is the weird thing. And I think I think Tony, you know this, but my my ex-wife was actually a counselor. Right. right. So she knew the ins and outs of this stuff. And and just to be completely honest, I, I really don't know what happened while we got married. <laughs> I, I I don't know. She just, she was a much better girlfriend than she was a wife. That, that's the best thing I can say. Right, right. Nicely put. So do you think, so do you think that um, if, Y'all has just never got married that y'all would have been cool, like still together today, or do you think it was still dissolved at some point? Uh, y- y- yeah, <laughs> I think back now, like we probably should have just, you know, stayed friends. I mean, thank God I got a, you know, a, a very awesome son out of the, you know, out of the marriage. Yeah. But I mean, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. I look back now and I'm like, you know, and we don't hate each other now. We're very cordial, you know, for my son's sake. Uh, but now that I look back, it's like I, I, I don't. I, I think she was not. I think her concept of marriage was just very warped. I mean, because as right. soon as we, you know, as soon as we hit a bump, you know, she was like, "Okay, I'm out." That is a very small bump. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I think that's what that was. So how long yeah, I you think married? that going back to going going back to the point of um, maybe she thought somewhere along the line that the marriage would cure your depression, which is a wild thought, especially for someone in the field. And I think too that you know we have to realize like um, you know, perfect example is carpenters. Great carpenters have 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 projects unfinished at their own house, right. You know, but they do great work. I mean, they do excellent work. I mean, you call right. them, they're on time and they're professional. Yeah. But you go to their house and they have things that need to be tightened up, you know, in their own yeah. house. So I think, you know, yeah, that like, would have been yeah. one of the reasons. Go ahead. Yeah, like landscapers have terrible lawns. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, it's the same thing. And, Accountants have tax problems. You know, I think, yeah, it's, the, I think it's the same concept where yeah. And and I think that, too, additionally, you know, she might have thought that the marriage would, quote, unquote, cure you, you know, that you would kind of get over it. I yeah. say I do, which is, again, very far-fetched. But I think, yeah. again, it could be the same, you know, your your concept is I'm good, bro. But, you know, I often wonder about, you know, counselors and therapists in the field, like who helps them, you know, because they're lots of folks get to download on a, you know, professional therapists and counseling, and then who do they download to, you know, and and sometimes they're walking around and as a therapist, they're, they're like, I'm good, bro. 
you know, I'm I'm good. When they're really not, you know, when they really need to unpack some of this yeah. stuff and by another, a fellow professional in the field. But a lot of times you have uh, scheduling conflicts, you know, and just time and, you know, marriage and kids and school and homework and dinner. And, you know, it's just all these things getting away. And then the own, the, the counselor's uh, mental well-being is put on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, the few times that we did kind of bring it up, you know, um, and I had to put on a mask a lot at home being a husband, you know what I'm saying? You know, or, you know, I had to, a lot of times I didn't feel, and it, and it's sad, but, but, you know, I didn't feel comfortable or safe talking to her because sometimes she would come at me as, as if I was a patient, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I'm like, I'm not your patient. You're not at work right now. I, I just, you know, and Tony, you might remember this from the uh, documentary, but when the brother says, I just need somebody to be weak around. Just let me be weak right. for a minute. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And, right. you know, I was not afforded that opportunity. Yeah. But, you know, I think, that the, I think that the other piece to that, though, what you just said, um, I need somebody to be weak around. But you can't be weak around a weak person, because that's that's like a two-headed monster. I mean, I mean, the person sure. has got to be strong, I believe, in order for us to be weak. Because we we seldomly are going to show that side of us. But if we do, she's got to be strong enough to receive it, and not push it back on us at a later date, you know. Right. And and again, I don't know, I don't remember how long you were married. How long were you married? Uh, I was married for four years. Four years, four years, right, right. So yeah. within that amount of time, you know, you're going to find out who you got. Sometimes it takes longer, but whether they're strong enough for the job or they're not, you know what I'm saying? And, again, she did that for a living, but your situation, I think that she really should have had a grasp on what she signed up for, you know. Yeah. Um, because it, it the, the Charles that I know – isn't irate, isn't somebody to go beat up on. I mean, you, there's not things that I don't see things you doing that would, you know, give her a reason to say I'm out other than she just wasn't strong enough to handle it. But I could be wrong. So, no, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. We talked about this, but yeah, it's, it's just, a, 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 you know, and I've grown to accept this, uh, Tony, that a lot of things, you know, pertaining to my marriage and divorce, I'll, I'll, I'll never understand. And, right, right, and, and that's my closure. You know what I'm saying? I, I'll just, I won't, un, I'll never understand it. And you know, so and, I, and on, also, you. I think somebody else had something. Yeah, I got a question for you. Um, in regards to um your your wife and whenever I guess you would talk about your depression and her response to you, you said that you you would feel like I guess more like a client client to her. I, to, in my opinion, a person would have, have to have a lot of wisdom or um, uh, they would just have to be really, really sharp to know how to give, say, you what you what you need. Like like the go-to thought process is to try to fix it. And, 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 and unfortunately, that's not the answer. So it's right. unfortunate that the natural response is absolutely wrong. And you can't even blame nobody for that. 
it's just super unfortunate that you almost have to have skills to understand how to respond to something. Because uh, to, to, sometimes, like you said, people just want someone to listen, not fix it. <laughs> Even though yeah. when you're speaking, you're speaking as if you want it fixed, but that's not what you're asking for. And right. so it's just unfortunate. And, it, and to me, I, I call that the devil's advantage because it can end stuff and everybody's just acting natural. Right. You know, it's unfortunate. And did, and Chuck, did y'all, did did you or her, when y'all were hitting those little bumps in the road after your marriage, did the concept of marital counseling come up? And if so, who brought it up? And how was your response? How was her response? If it was even, you know, brought up to say, hey, you know, we need to see somebody for us. I mean, did that conversation yeah. come up when y'all had those bumps in the road? Yeah, no, they did not. So we did do we we did premarital counseling, uh, which went mm-hmm. you know it, it went well. I mean, it was you know a couple of sessions and um, it went well. But when we to answer your question, just straight out, uh, no, no, we didn't. The only time I brought up counseling again was when we separated and I said, well, you know, because to me it was, it was very salvageable. It wasn't adultery. It wasn't abuse. It was, I, to this day, I don't even really know what it was. It was just a disagreement and it just, mm-hmm. and this was it, man. And I was like, good. And so I tried to get her to go to counseling. Then she wouldn't, she was just like, no, we can divorce, blah, blah, blah. And it was very, you know, Braggadocious. I mean, almost like a badge of honor. Like I'm divorcing you, and you know what I mean. It's like, but then, wow. You know, I got counseling afterwards. You know, just because it was, you know, it was it was hard. It was it was very hard. You know, I had, we had a two year old. You know, and and then later I found out that she actually went to divorce counseling, and I was like, wow, you know. And that just really threw me by surprise as she went, you know what I'm saying? So, but no, we going through it. I feel like, I honestly feel like it wasn't a need to go to counseling because I mean, it was just very small, regular stuff that married people go through that you, you know, you deal with it. Then you, you know, you keep going. Yeah. I mean, that's the case with being counseling every week. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't anything big. That that, that right. marriage needed to go to counseling, yeah. Right. So she right. went to divorce right. counseling. You went to divorce counseling, and this is probably a better question hey, for. Yeah. Rodney, real quick, what is yeah, divorce counseling? First of all, I have no idea what that is. What is divorce counseling? I think is um. I now I'll let Chuck answer, but I I think I'm yeah. assuming what he's saying is that after the divorce, you kind of go to yeah. counseling just to reconcile and to because i mean divorce is like a death oh, right. similar to grief counseling yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. so grief basically counseling. Gotcha, you go to gotcha, counseling gotcha. just to get over like the fact that your marriage failed i mean that's a debrief. big deal so yeah you gotta debrief. yeah <laughs> so my question was um you know she's gone to divorce counseling chuck has uh obviously done some counseling on his own and again i was going to preface this by it's probably a bit too early to ask the question but i'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway what about reconciliation because we we we've all probably seen or read about couples who got married got divorced 
got remarried and then lived happily ever after. Because it seems like that she's had some growth, you know, obviously for her to sign up for some counseling for herself. And obviously you've had some growth and even shedding some light, trying to help the other brothers have some growth. So, and then, like you said, the, the issues where y'all kind of broke up and it ended up in divorce court, it's like, whoa, I mean, it wasn't even that serious. So now on yeah. the other side, after all of this, what, I mean, what does, I mean, what, what does reconciliation look like to the, to the point where you can say, you know what, what are you doing this Friday? You know, I mean, if if she's single, I mean, she may be have moved on, you know, to another situation. You have moved on, but you may have moved on. But, well, I mean, what does that look like as far as a potential to say, hey, we're in different spaces now. You know, maybe we can try this thing again. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 my man, and this is why I say that. It, it, this is why I say that, um, Ronnie. It, it took me, it took me a long time. It took me a long time to find myself again, a very long time. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the thing that broke me. You see what I'm saying? Um, it, it, I went through a lot, man. I went through a lot, and that's just, you know. And and now, you know, I even look at my son, and it's like, you know, he he's used to us not being together. He, you know, he knows this day he goes back to house, but no, I can't do that. I mean, and that was a small time, like back in 2016, where she had actually came back and was like, "Hey, I was wrong." You know, I miss you. I'm going to try this again, blase, blase. And and I had gave it some thought for maybe like two weeks, and then something happened, and she went right back to that old person. And then that just let me know right there, this this is not happening again. So, no. Gotcha. Thank you. Can I ask a question, mm-hmm. ask a question no. real quick? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Okay. Do you, okay, so your marriage ended. Do you – would you call it a failed marriage, or would, would it be just you know you two weren't compatible? You you guys thought marriage would be the answer, or, or it's just it wasn't meant to be? Because I mean sometimes you get people get married on a whim. I wouldn't you know saying if it didn't work, I wouldn't necessarily call it failed. But I mean, do you consider your relationship failed, or it is it just wasn't meant to be? That's a great um, question. Wow, thank yeah, you for that, bro. I, I, I did for a long time, man, because I, I you know, I felt like uh, that my love was not strong enough to keep that family together. Right. But at, at, at the same token, it takes both parties, and it takes both yes. parties to acknowledge. It takes both parties to acknowledge their fault in this. I acknowledge my fault with with no hesitation, and. She didn't acknowledge hers until we were already divorced after two after two years of us being divorced. And I'm like, now, you know what I'm saying? So I felt like I failed at marriage. But at, at the same token, I, you know, I also feel like that it, it takes two, man. It takes two. Yeah. And, you know, she just, she never, I mean, until it was too late, you know, she never really owned up. And, and you know, she... 
she broke a lot of stuff in me. And I did, it, it took a long time to, to get that stuff built back together. So, um, I mean, it, you know, it, it just didn't work out. But would yeah, you, would you I consider mean, it? I mean, you – go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I'm I'm saying because cause it sounded like to me you I mean I we only hear one side of the story but it sounded like to me you okay. you upheld your part so to me since yeah, you upheld your part then I can't really consider that a failure you know what I'm saying because it's like well listen yeah, yeah, yeah. I did what I had to do you know what I'm saying my partner wasn't willing to work with me so I can't really consider it, it being a failure it's just listen one person wanted to participate one person didn't it just is what yeah. it is I mean I wouldn't necessarily say it's a failure on my on my part. That's I guess I would I guess that's, I don't know if it's selfish, but I wouldn't consider that to be yeah, a I failure if, if I did what I had yeah. to do. Yeah, it took it, it. Like I said, man, it took me a long time to um, you know, to to rebuild Chuck to to, to rebuild myself back together. You know what I mean? After that, uh, so you're right. I guess you know, but my thing is if you were, if we were married. And the goal was to stay together forever through thick and thin, no matter what. We took these vows, and that didn't happen. Then something failed. Somewhere in that mechanism, something failed. And also because it's not working anymore. It's not, you know what I mean? It's not operating in that capacity anymore. So um, I guess that's the only way I could have looked at it, as it was a marriage that failed. If, if that makes sense, you know that. But that's okay. the only way I can. I mean, I mean, yes, because your goal was to, like you said, do it, do it forever, and now that forever is is going to be something else. So you know, um, but it's not a personal failure. But some people would say, because if you're the man of the house, you know, right. then we're looked upon as why did why did your house why did you allow your house to crumble? You know, so yeah. then I mean, there's a lot of I mean I've I've been through it myself. I get it, you know. Um, but at the yeah. end of the day, you know, with the with the coming back piece, I just feel as though because I'm seeing so so often that women get to a certain age and they and they start feeling themselves and they forget that you know that it takes work and that maybe the outside world may look enticing in the summertime or whatever the case may be, but those streets are cold. And when she probably realized I had all that I need. I have I already yeah. had my family. And now she got to go back out and try to replicate that in a good way. And sometimes it's not that easy. So then they yeah. come back and say, hey, you know what, I made a mistake. But by that time, you know, the damage hasn't been done. And she's giving you the opportunity to know who she is. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Not to, not to throw a lot of shade in her direction, like the brother said. It's one side of the story, but I still get it. Either you're strong enough to do it or you ain't. You know, um, so, I mean, I commend you for holding the ground and not trying it again to relive it all over again because that's what happens. You know, people, like Rodney always says, somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> right. And you well, can I, can look, I ask look. you a question? Yeah. Can, Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, can I, because, I mean, we live in, listen, 2019, let's, I'm just going to be honest with you. If we don't make it to forever, I mean, as marriage, because I mean, I'm just looking at today's today's marriages. I mean, we go by the stats. Listen, it's, listen, it's like a what a fifty fifty right now divorce rate, whatever, fifty percent, whatever is is it's not high right now. So I'm saying 2019. If we don't make it to forever, 
can we really say marriages are really failing, or is this is this a trend right now? I definitely think it's based upon those that are married and not married, regardless of when the forever is. Those that are still married versus the ones that aren't married is how the stats come about, I believe. I'm just saying it's at fifty percent. Like a divorce rate is like at fifty, fifty two, whatever it is. It's is is right. more not than it is. It's like I know it's like fifty, yeah, at least at fifty, right? But I'm saying though, if we don't make it to forever, based upon twenty, based upon the trend we're seeing right now, can we really say marriages are really failing though? Right. No, I don't know. I, I don't Does that make sense? It's hard to use that word now that you mention it, you know, because so many variables. And then I think even as I guess Chuck even said, you know, getting married on the onset or now that he looked back, you know, he kind of thinking, why did I even get married for the most part? Um, so to just say failure, you know, using that word in its totality, it's more than just that to look at it and say, oh, man, I failed. It's more – uh, uh, variables that things happen, you know, and then it's just not one person, you know. Uh, sometimes we like to say, oh, you know, it was the man, he cheated, he did this, he did, and just that one person, but women have some uh, involvement, you know, and that thing happening too, you know, and then it's to two people, so if anything, if we got to use the word failure, then that's something that two people who tried to come together for this lifetime commitment, you know, failed at making it happen between amongst them. But as far as the overall, uh, I don't know, bad mark towards you on your record, you know, if you will, and I just don't see it that way. Well, you know what? You know what? Let me say this to you. Um, On my personal story, I didn't fail at marriage. I believe I failed at vetting. That's where I think Mm. I went wrong. Mm-hmm. Right, because mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't spend yeah. enough time learning, doing the research on the person that I was going to marry. Yeah. Right, Thanks, so sir. some things because right because I went to counseling for eight months, and some things that I mean what, during the separation, and some things came out in counseling that had I known prior, I wouldn't have gotten right. Yeah. See, that's why I That's why I was very the research. After the fact, and I was like, "Hi, this is how you got here, dude. You ain't even asked the right questions prior to doing this. It looked good, it smelled good. You jumped in it, right? And you didn't really figure out who you were marrying. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of times as men, we don't do that. We don't vet properly, right? So then we we're playing catch up most of the time, and then somebody puts a label on you. Hey, guess what? You got a failed marriage. I don't really believe that because Chuck was in it to win it. I was in it to win it. You know what I mean? We yeah. both were thinking happily ever after. So I'm not yep. going to take it as a failure. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take But no matter who, but the person's got to be in it with you, like you said, it takes two. And if a person's mind mm-hmm. isn't where you're at, and you don't know that from the beginning, I mean, you, you're kind of doomed from, from the break. Mm-hmm. Good words. And, Good words. And was y'all, was, now y'all are brothers. Was, was, I can't remember. Was, was y'all's parents divorced? Long story. Same mom, different father. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Right. Hey, Chuck, I got a question for you real quick. 
um, as far as your depressive episodes, do you find that, you know, I mean, I shared my, well, I shared depression. I went through it uh, through PTSD, but just find out, do you find your depressive episodes more you put yourself there or when you kind of dealing with people? Um, it's, it's kind of both. So, you know, and, and, you know, since we're kind of, you know, talking about like marriage and divorce and stuff like, I, like my worst by far was after my, during the separation and divorce, you know what I mean? It was it, during that time, it was back, which is why I was like, I, I got to go to counseling because I still got this boy to raise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, right. And so it's, you know, like I said, it, it, it can be episodic. You know, something may happen uh, that the average person would be like, oh, that's no big deal. But to somebody that deals with anxiety and depression, you know, when you start having these these roaming thoughts that you can't, you know, compartmentalize and, and uh, you know, and it's like you thoughts just everywhere. You know, you have to, I mean, that's very hard to deal with. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you just, you just get down for no reason. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, and it's very hard to explain. You yeah. just get, you just get down for no reason, and you don't want to do things. Even, you know, you know, Corbin, who's on the call, and I can have him speak to this too. Like, you know, he's been around me enough now to know where he can, you know, we can just be talking. He was stopping in the middle of the conversation, be like, "Yo, man, you're all right," and because he kind of knows now, you know, like what mm-hmm. things to look for. Uh, that's why you gotta have that good support system and you know have somebody that's one not judgmental you know what I'm saying that's not gonna just blow it off and you know but it, it, it's it's very different things it's it, it, it's very different things can trigger it so here's the monkey so, wrench you said something interesting um, that what if there was no what if you didn't have your son as a result of this union is it safe to say that, let's say the marriage still dissolved and everything, is it safe to say that your response to these these feelings that you were having, the, the low times and all these things, is it safe to say that you would have just went with, I'm good, bro, if you didn't have the son? Because it sounds like your son, you were like, yo, I, I can't, I got to be right for him, next generation. Yeah. This is my seed, this is my legacy. But if there was no hint... If it was just Chuck and Chuck rolled yeah. out, she went her separate ways. Chuck went his separate ways. Is it safe to say that you'd be like, I'm, I'm good, bro? Like you would have never sought counseling or anything and done anything about your situation. No, I mean you got you got to understand. You know, I I knew about my depression and have been treated for long before I even met her. You see what I'm saying? So. I already gotcha. learned the mechanism, but I will I will definitely say that my son was a saving grace. But I, I can honestly say, I don't know, man. I I probably would have probably would have done a lot of self medicating, uh, and I probably would have just involved myself in a lot of, uh, shall we say, like escapism. I probably would have moved far away. You know, uh, somewhere just just to kind of get away. Gotcha. You know, you, you're trying Thanks. to run from that. You, you see what I'm saying? Sure. But I, I knew, 
you know, I said, I'm not going to leave here because I could have easily moved back to my hometown. But I was like, I'm not leaving my son. He's going to have his dad. We're going to have 50-50 custody. I'm not going to see him once a month. We're not doing that. So that's why I was like, I need to get everything straight mentally so I can be a good good father for him. So, yeah, he was was definitely um, a a part of the glue that held me together. Good words. I got a question about depression real quick. Is depression in a lot of the cases or in – is it a mindset thing or is it something more chemical? It's it's both. It's both. So like like I said earlier, it is it is a it is a chemical imbalance. Um but it can be or it can be triggered by, you know, some you know, the way you grew up, some things you may have saw. You know what I'm saying? Like if you had if you had an abusive father, alcoholic father or mother. You know, you grew up around a lot of shootings or whatever, or the, it could be a number of things. And keep in mind, now, I'm no therapist or nothing. I'm just somebody that deals with it, but I've done my research. Um, so it, it's a mixture of both. It's a mixture of both. I mean, you got to think, man, there's, there's some people, you know, that have great lives. I mean, have had privileged lives their whole life. And you read that they they kill themselves. So it, I mean, it's it's, a, and you can't really pin it down to if this is that, you know, it, it could be a number of things. So, I mean, you you have put it like this, you you have pastors that are committing suicide. Pastors. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And they're supposed they're supposed to be the ones that you can go to. You know what I mean? So it's it's and, and this is another reason why we did this documentary because there's so many variables to this. And the reason why we nailed it down to black men is because and I'm sure everybody can attest to this, that black men go through a lot of stuff. But because we're so mm-hmm. used to it because we're so used to it because you know, even on the corporate America level, now that, you know, I'm not sure who y'all, you know, mess with politically, but now that, you know, Trump's in office, and it's a lot of stuff on us. It really is, whether we really realize it or not. And a lot of times we don't realize it because it's so normalized to us now. Right. But that can affect your mental health. And you just going along and thinking everything is okay, and, and it's not. Yeah, and I think in in some cases, you know, black men take on stuff that they don't need to. You know, they kind of put it on their shoulders, and whereas if they kind of let it lie, let it be, and not really take it on, like, as a burden, you know, as a fellow black man, I think a a lot of that is, you know, is stuff that it's like you got no business taking that on. You already got stuff right. on your plate, enough stuff on your plate, and then you're going to take on all this other stuff that may or may not pertain to you. You know, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, that that's, that's an issue as well. But I think, you know, your point with pastors, same thing I said earlier, with pastors committing suicide, they're not getting the help that they need either. You know, sure. they need to, exactly. you know, reach out to a professional therapist, counselor, something, and they're not. So that's why it's like, 
you know, and, and the same thing going back to your comment about, um, you know, uh, kids is that you got a lot of bad parents here, you know, out here. And yeah. what I mean by bad parents is that they're disconnected, they're disengaged from their children. And right. the thing about it is that you have to realize and know that something is off with your child. But you only know that if you're in tune with them, if you kind of engage with them versus exactly. when they come home from school, they go to their room, hang out on, you know, their their smartphone or their, uh, you know, watching TV or whatever, playing video games, and you never connect with them like, yo, how was your day? What's going on? How you feeling? You know, just not engaging in conversation. And that goes, that's a day by day, week by week. And the next thing you know, you know, they're, unfortunately, in some cases, that you left with a suicide note. And it's like, well, I didn't know. Well, the last time you talked to him was in 2015. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, I mean, you have to, and that's what I'm saying, it's on the parents to identify that, yo, you know, this, this is something something up with my kid. And then once you're aware, then you got to take action. You can't just be like, oh, well, you know, Johnny's just not really feeling it today. So, no, Johnny might need an appointment with a professional, period. And Johnny might need some medication or, or something. Well, you can't just let it lie and be like, oh, well, you know, hope Johnny's doing okay at school. You know, I haven't talked to him since 2015, but, you know, it is what it yep. is. Absolutely, man. I, my son is seven, man, and I watch him closely. Corbin to tell you because he comes to that. I watch him closely, you know, and one thing I have to remind myself with my son is that we, we just talk every day. I mean, it's nothing like, you know, hey, man, how was your day? You know, uh, what y'all doing school today? But, you know, just that that human contact and connection to let him know that that outlet's there, that we can talk. And even at the yeah. of seven years old, I mean, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have a lot of problems at this point. But I also kind of always remind him, put it like this, I never discount my son's feelings about anything. Right. No matter how small it may be. I never discounted. Yeah. I, I never like, oh man, you be, you know, oh man, really? How did that make you feel? Really? You know, and 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 that keeps that line of communication because a lot of times these kids, you know, their parents just discount their feelings like it, it doesn't matter, and then they look to somewhere yeah. else, and then next thing you know, they're they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's and my a lot of yeah, my son the same age as your son, and um, right. you know that guy. I mean, he, he's like my shadow, and you talk about talking, he he talks my ear off, you know. And right. But the reality is that you got to catch them at seven, so when they're 17, sure. you do, you know, the communication, was still, the lines of communication will still be there. It'll be different because, you right. know, I have a 16-year-old, and what I've learned is that as a parent, i got three kids, and what I've learned is that you do a lot of uh, parenting, if you will, at, at around your son's age seven or whatever, and then right. as they grow older, you kind of let them go a little bit. You don't really, right. you know, at, 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 you got to set them up. They they kind of on autopilot, and you kind of just check on them, check in on them, right. you know. But the level of uh, communication is a little bit different. And then once they become young adults um, and college age, and 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 then they'll come back. But it is it is like a little, you know, kind of release a little bit. What I've noticed is that, you know, especially with my high school, I got a junior high school, um, but at the same token, that line of communication is open because 
you know, me and her went on a five-hour road trip, you know, to uh, New York uh, a couple wow. of Fridays ago. I went to take, take her to, you know, college. Now, we did not talk the entire five time, five hours, well, five hours up, five hours back, so 10 hours in the car, just me and her, you know. It was just literally me and her. And that was some time where we did have some conversations about, sure. you know, social media, um, you know, college life. You know, right. I, um, you know, I, I, I told her about some of, you know, my college experiences with her mother who I met in college and, you know, all of these things. And it was just like little, little tidbit, you know, where we could, yeah. you know, just share. And, 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 you know, we got, you know, she, it was funny cause she, um, you know, she, she likes old school music. Like she don't like the, the music that's playing and, uh, you know, God bless her cause this stuff is crap. But she was like, you got that. <laughs> You got that Lauren, that Lauren Hill CD in here, Daddy. You know the Miseducation yeah. of Lauren Hill, and I was like, absolutely. So we listened to a little bit of Lauren Hill, and the, everybody knows the Miseducation of Lauren Hill is like one of the greatest CDs of all time. You know, absolutely. and yeah. front to back. You know, so I mean, it's just those little times, and again, it's just that the lines of communication was open, like you said with your son. It's like I can ask her, like, yo. What what do you what like what, what what's going on with you in this area that area and then she'll have a response. It's not like she just checked out and you know on her phone or whatever and, and totally disconnected from what we're doing. So it's um you just gotta have those lines. You gotta start early, like you said. So good job. Yeah. You know you starting that line early and um it'll be Absolutely. fine. You know as he as he matures and that that'll that'll you've laid the foundation. So good job, sir. So if let me I ask could, a question. This is, this is, uh, this, is this is Corbin, uh, 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 Chuck, Go ahead, bro. Uh, business partner in regards to the, to the film. One of the things that was stated in the film that addresses a lot that y'all talked about thus far was that depression is not a character flaw. You know, some people tend to look at it like something is wrong with your character. You know, it's it's just you. It's just you know something is wrong with you. Uh, I know even Chuck mentioned. Um, uh, that there was instances where people may have thought that it's only for for crazy people. If someone says they have like a mental illness, or there was even a, a part in the documentary of the the couple where the the spouse, the the wife, said that you know yeah. when she when her husband you know was going through when she thought about uh, depression, she was like, I just think about people in a mental institution. So. You know, there was these, these what, what, what I believe there's a phrase or, or, or what you would call it, these preconceived notions about mental health and, and depression that is, is, if you got an issue, you're crazy or something is wrong with you. Or the, the, there were several instances where, especially when you brought up the pastors killing themselves or, or even in the church, well, just pray about it. We discussed that in the documentary. And to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest, even in that aspect of it, when we pre-screened this, the documentary in the church, I was a little nervous about that part. Like, okay, what are these pastors going to say? What are these deacons going to say? What are these church folks going to say? You know, we, we're in their territory now, and we're screening it in their church. So, so that, that mm-hmm. was just something, you know, just, just some things there that, that, that we noticed just by filming it and some things that we, that we learned. Um, you know, yeah, from, the, from the therapists in the film and just from the people who were vulnerable enough and, and honest and open enough to share their story. So, right. Good work. Good work. So let, let, let me ask a question because um, 
I'm just a little bit torn. And and well, my question is: is is depression a choice? Is it a choice no, that somebody no. makes? No, 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 no. So no, with one thousand no. percent, it's not. Okay. No. So if I if I had a choice well, to be happy every day, <laughs> trust me, <laughs> I would. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I. I, I I think for the vast majority, you know, what Chuck is saying is right, but I think there are obviously um, some cases where folks would play the depression card for attention. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, just like, the, you know, I read something the other day about somebody, some woman faked cancer and just collected a a rack of donations. But she never had Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Right. I don't know if y'all saw that, but I mean, I think that the vast majority of cases, no, it's absolutely not a choice, and I think that's what you know we're probably all agree on here on this on this show uh, tonight. But you know, there are some some cases where somebody just is an attention whore, you know. And, um, but I'm not saying that though, Rodney. I'm not saying okay. someone that that that's got a different motive for it. I'm saying mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. a situation where. You have the option to get up off the couch and go do something about it, or you choose to just sit on the couch and be depressed. I'm talking from that, and yeah, I googled I, it, and I googled it, and there, and it, and it's it's crazy because I got information on both sides. Some argue it's a yeah. choice. Some say it's it's not a choice. Like Chuck said, it's a chemical imbalance. Like a yeah, thing. and if you read so if you read more more into that, um, I think is about the neural pathways in the brain. It all depends on how the individual is sitting on the couch um, is wired. You know, it's hardwired right. from birth. And if they, you know, generally have a get up and go, you know, uh, personality about them, have some initiative, mm-hmm. they will, go. you know, potentially sit on that couch for longer than they should. But at some point they're going to get up and yeah. do something with their lives. Where the other person who's not wired that way they need some assistance, uh, professional assistance to help them to some coping skills to say, you are somebody, you are here, you know, you, you have a purpose in life. You know, they need some literal coaching from a professional to help get them off of the couch and then to help keep them from going back to the couch. It's a, it's a consistent. And what um, I've heard some people say is it's like, it's like new construction. So if y'all have ever been on a roadway, highway, anywhere where there's new construction, where they're changing the lanes or whatever, y'all know it's a mess, you know, uh, going through it. But after mm-hmm. that new construction is done, I mean, it's smooth sailing. But, you know, the process, the months and years, you know, mm-hmm. build. you have to build, you know, for that person who, who needs some assistance, basically they have to build new neural pathways in the brain. So it's like new construction. So it's going to take time to unwind, you know, those thoughts and for them to develop coping skills on their own where they would still potentially need assistance from a therapist, but they can do some of that on their own and have some get up and go about them. But again, that, that person on the other side, like you read, some people just aren't, they're wired to be like, you know what? I ain't sitting on this couch. I am somebody. I'm getting up. I'm going online. I'm going to this place to put in my application. I mean, they, it, it's, it's already in them. So it it yeah. just goes back to the neural pathways, how that, that person. Right. Um, right. And I think I think a lot of that stuff is from birth, you know. Um, and yeah. 
some of it is, is control. Yeah, yeah. And what I Let mean me by that is uh, some of it is control where, you know, maybe there were no issues, you know, stress in the pregnancy or whatever. And then there are some sometimes where there was stress on the woman during the pregnancy. You know, maybe she was going through a divorce. Maybe she, you know, her husband at right, the time right, was beating right. her. Maybe he was cheating on her. And right. that affects the baby. And 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 as the, the, the brain is developing, the mom is going through all this stress and it's got this baby in the womb that's growing. They may develop some of their, those bad uh, neural, neural pathways just because of that. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Darren. I didn't mean to cut you off, bro. Yeah, but I think there's a difference, though, too, Rodney. And I did a little bit of research on that, too, because we can't confuse depression with stress, and I think we often do. I think, yeah. you know, the stress is, is a lot of times a temporary situation. And what I'm hearing you describe is something that it could be curable, but it's also mostly being maintained. Is that correct? Yeah, and and again, it depends on the individual. You know, some individuals can get, you know, one-year therapy and be good and develop coping skills, whereas there are other mm-hmm. individuals that need, like, you know, uh, Chuck's been, you know, uh, he's been addressing this situation for years, even before he got married. So sure. a person potentially like like Chuck could be dealing with this for the rest of his life, where he needs to check in with a professional every now and then, where he, he may be... Right almost handicapped, whereas other people can be like, oh, I'm good now. I can, I have my own coping skills. I'm good. But some other people, they're going to need a professional until the, the until the end of their life to some degree. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Let me, so what let you're me saying say this, George. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah go let ahead. me say this, Tony. And, and Tony, this is, this, this is not a knock against you at all because I know that you're, you're trying to educate yourself. But I mean, it's, it seems like, you know, when people say, well, you know, or ask, you know, was it depression or choice? I mean, I look at it like that's just the same way of asking somebody, is cancer a choice, right? Or, right. you know, or whatever element. It's, it's, you, you said diabetes sure. earlier, which is, which is, okay, which is in certain cases a choice. We may not believe yeah, it, but, just, you know, we yeah. can drive ourselves right to, di- to diabetic medicine, and then some people don't, you know, so. But, okay, so it, it sounds like to me you're asking, is treating depression a choice or not, and not depression well, itself? I'm talking about depression itself and not the treatment of it, because hopefully no, it's, someone no, it's, dealing with that would seek treatment, would say, you know what, just like you did. I, I'm yeah. dealing with it, and and I got to get help, and I got to find a way to get a handle on this thing. So you took yeah. you you took the choice to make it right in your life, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Right, right. No, okay. I, I thought okay. you were, I thought you were asking is choosing to be depressed right. a choice, right. which is okay. that answer. I, is, I was nobody. I was. Yeah, nobody. You were. I, asking I don't know that. if we can say nobody. I don't know that we can say nobody. <laughs> I, I think you can say the majority of people that are, that are depressed could be chemically could could uh, it could be a chemical imbalance like you said earlier, or it could be PTSD. It could be something that dramatically happened. But I just think that certain people have certain ways of coping with 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 those things. And I yeah. think at some point, 
to sit to 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 put yourself in or to be in a depressive state, there's a choice that has to be made. And I could be wrong, and I probably am, but there's a choice that has to be made. Well, am I going to live this way, or am I going to go and live that way? You know, yeah, and again, absolutely. I could be wrong. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but at, at, at the end of the day, we all have a choice on how we're going to handle yeah. it. Even with sickness, cancer, diabetes, family, death in the family, we all have to have a choice of how we are going to handle this dilemma at the time. That's all right. I'll give you an example, Tony. So just like okay. just like for me, <clears throat> it's a lot of times where, where I am depressed and I'm and I'm I, I'm I'm very down and I've been like that for a long time. And I was sitting there and think, man, I need to get up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'll think that, and I'll know that that's the right thing to do. But then, at the, see, one thing about depression is you can't think your way out of it. You actually have to, you, you know, like you can't, like you can't think. It's the same way, like you can't think a bad, a bad thought away. You have to speak like, a bad thought away. And like with me, a lot of times I'm like, man, I need to get up. But then you think, well, if I get, well, what if this happens? And then all of these what ifs happen. I mean, yeah. like it, they just come at you. Like, well, what if, you know, what if, what if, oh man, well, well what if this happens? And like. So this couch is my safe space. Like as long that's why people that are depressed sleep all the time because it's an escape from reality. Mm-hmm. And like as long as I'm asleep, nothing, nothing, nothing can happen to me. Yep. So yeah, let me ask. But go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you were ahead. you and Tony was raised by the same mother, or were y'all raised together in the same house? No. No, we're not raised in the same house. No. Okay, so how often did y'all hang around each other? If you don't mind me asking. It's, uh, um, as we were adults, and very, you know, very seldomly as as, yeah. uh, as teenagers. Very seldom. Two different states. Very seldom. Two different states. Okay, because, yeah, I was trying to figure out if people of your youth, um, were they able to pick it up, and how did your mom respond to, you know, because, Adults sometimes don't listen to kids um, when they're saying that their stomach hurts or, you know, something's wrong with me or, you know, they don't really take them ser- serious because they just, they just kids, you know, at the time. Um, so I was just trying right. to figure out, did anybody, did anybody like your, your parents play you? Um, not really play, that's not a good word. Did they believe you when you're trying to tell them that something was wrong? Did anybody identify with you and say, you know, um, something is wrong with my child, or did the teachers was it able to be picked up by anybody? Uh, well, and, so. yeah, good question, man. Uh, like I said, I really didn't. It was, and if you watch the documentary, I talk about it. You know, it wasn't until I was, I distinctly remember me being in sixth in the sixth grade, and I just started being sad like all the time, but. There's two things. So, I, I first of all, how do you explain that? You know, hey, I'm, I'm sad a lot. And you got to think, that was back in in the 80s. I mean, I'm 43 now, so that was back in the 80s. So, it wasn't really a lot of emphasis put on that. Like, this is something we didn't talk about. And I didn't even know what depression was back then. You know what I mean? I, was, I didn't I mean, know that. I was, was it? 
was it something not to not to stop you, but was it something that happened when you were in the sixth grade that you think may have triggered your depression at that young age? No, I, I can't think of anything that happened. Gotcha. I can't think of anything that happened. Um, but I just know I was I was just sad a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you present that to you? Like I, you know, I didn't know to say, "Hey, I think I'm depressed." I didn't know this. Right. I didn't know. I probably couldn't even spell depression back then. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't right. know that right. was. So you, and it wasn't until I was out as a grown man on my own until I realized, okay, this 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 keeps happening. So something right. something's off here. And then mm-hmm. that's you know that's when I you know I, I saw treatment. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm like now I really watch my son and I employ any of us to have kids, uh, you know, or at least younger kids, you know, keep an eye on them. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Talk to them, you know, get get you know, see how they're feeling, you know. Um, you know, how was your day? How you feel, man? You good? You know, blah, 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 blah. And so now because I've been educated and I lived through it, I know what to look for. Yeah, my seven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. So, can, can I ask a question mm-hmm. real quick? Sure. Sure. Mhm. Okay. It's it's as far as because you know we're all black men, right? So, do yep. you think that in the black community there is a so is there is a system to to help us out as brothers? Because I know we have this every eye has the perception of a black man, a strong Hercules, yada yada yada. But you think in a black community? Do you think there's a support system for brothers that have uh, depression uh, issues, or is it kind of just suck it up type thing? Uh, in twenty, uh, yeah, Corbin, go ahead. Then I want to go after Corbin. Um, I, I think that there there is there are more outlets uh, now. I mean, just from doing our research on, on depression for this documentary. We've seen so much social media outlets just that I we didn't know it was out there. I mean, yeah. it's it's even to the point where um, just last week, last Friday, I was at my barbershop and just sitting down and being in the barbershop and hearing men talk about, and it wasn't necessarily about mental health, but men were just talking about death and which was crazy on a Friday night, if any, if anything. But you know, just talk about death and 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 what that meant and what that looks like and and what they've seen in their lives. So I think there are outlets for for men, whether you're dealing with depression or not. I just don't think it's publicized enough. And and, and I'll give yeah. you an example. We when we we think of women, women have several outlets, like several. Outlets and they've been doing it for years, years. But it's it's that that I guess you want to say that false bravado for men, that ego, the the pride that we just don't talk, we suck it up, we we got to man up because that's what society says we have to do. Has been been taught to us, and it's from generation to generation. You know, some may call it a generational curse. You know, on us black men, but right, that's what it is. Where in comparison to women. They've always done it, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I think talk about I think Corbin. 
hit the nail on the head. Um, and I, I think it's cultural. I think it's taboo. Um, so we're, we're coming out of that. But in 2019, there are tons of outlets. And the one thing you see the difference, whereas women have a lot of different outlets because they need them. Because if they, right. you know, we don't need, I, I, I always say, I always go out on a limb and say, we don't need any, if nobody started another black man outlet, it we'd be fine with what we have because black men, unfortunately, are not taking advantage of what's available. And with the internet, social media, we talk about, I'm good, bro, unmasking black male depression. Last month we talked about we had the Confess Project, which Corbin just talked about how the, the, the guy basically trained barbers to be therapists. Then we talked on that same show on the back end, we talked to Henry Health, who has, is a professional outlet, which was specifically designed for black men. So, I mean, it's, it's just, and I, see, and I see all kinds of stuff um, for black men. So I, and, and to me, I don't think it needs to be publicized anymore because the bottom line is that if it if it had any legs, it would be organic. It would grow on its own. Like people are like, yo, have you heard about this? I'm good, bro. Man, you gotta check it out. And then it just right. grows from there. That's how the women's stuff grows. It's just that the bottom line is that what I found, and I, I was fighting it for years. What I found, I, I guess I had a revelation over the past few months and years. I was like, literally, what it is that people don't care about black men and their mental health. They say they do. But just like Tony said earlier, when people show you who they are, believe them. Like when you look at analytics and how it translates into numbers and views and participation and engagement rate, like all of these insights they have available, tools at your disposal to tell you what your, how your product is making impact on the marketplace or not. So the bottom line is that a lot of people, you know, we talk about, and we here are proponents of, you know, just talking it out. So right. that's that's what we right. do here. But the bottom line is that the reality is that the larger society, unfortunately, does not care. So it's it's unfortunate, yes. but that's why I say it, it don't need to be publicized no more because we've been out there for 11 years doing this, and you know, mm-hmm. and there are other outlets who have started, and and some of them are doing, you know, uh, very well, and that's great. But I think overall, right. you know, I think that the larger folks, you know, oh, you know, black men need to get some more mental health. It's like, okay, you know, but you don't really support the ones that are pushing, you know, have an outlet. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. It's just all talk I hear and, you. and no no action. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And, and Chuck, um, do a part two and three. I mean, right, I don't know what Rodney's talking about. I want you to keep keep pushing this. <laughs> Y'all doing good work, man. Y'all doing good work. So, so I had the opportunity uh, for the first time um, to go to a counselor, right? Uh, When I was going through my separation, and um, I had a marriage counselor. She had a personal counselor, and I had a personal counselor. I tripled down on it. Okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it right. And when I sat when I sat in the lobby, uh, waiting to to be called in, you have to fill out. I guess it's an intake form, and yes. it's got these questions, right? And Chuck, you may know, you know the questions. Yes. And on the questions, 
you know, uh, what medications are you taking? Hey, how's your mood? Yada, yada. But then there's one, have you had thoughts of suicide? Right. right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm in here for marriage counseling. And why do I have to look at this form every time asking me about suicide? You know right. what I mean? And that's what, and that's what triggered. It was like, this is a real thing that people deal with. These are thoughts yep. that people have. And I could see that yep. because when I was going through mine, mine wasn't depression, but it was stress. You right. know, and stress mm-hmm. does something to you. It makes you stay up all night, awake. I like I yep. woke up every morning at four o'clock in the morning. I was mad as hell because I wanted to sleep, <laughs> but there was nothing I could do. So, so, so I went to my doctor, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, man, I need to go to sleep." So he he gave me these pills called the short for benzo. Y'all can know the rest, but they call them benzo. Right, and then when I got the pills, I just happened to go to my counselor that day, and I was like, "Well, you know, um, I haven't been sleeping well, and my doctor gave me me these pills." And she said, "Don't take them." She said, "Do the research on them. Don't take them because people have died taking these pills." Right. So then that's a whole other thing with the medication that's different. But anyway, to the point, counseling is a good thing because I was able to talk over issues that I didn't even know that I had, right? Because yep. they'll ask the questions. They will probe you into opening up. And and I think as men, black men, our doors, our, our, our minds are so closed because we know it all and we got it all under control, but we really don't, you know. And exactly. for me, mm-hmm. I was there for a purpose, right? And my purpose was so I would be educated going into the marriage counseling piece of it, right? I didn't want to go to the marriage counseling piece of it and say the wrong thing. I didn't want to get in my own way. So she counseled me in, in that way. But in turn, she also taught me how to be a better husband moving forward. Obviously, it's going to be for somebody else because it matters to the work. But my sure. point is we have to get out of our own way and go talk to somebody, even just like Chuck said, something wasn't right. I knew something wasn't right, but I knew why because I was going through a separation, right? And the documentary says that when Jay-Z said, you know what, I got to go get help, I got to go talk to somebody, that's when everybody got on board and state counseling is not that bad. And we all need, I'm saying right now, to say all of this, I'm rambling, but counseling is not that bad. I think that we all need to subscribe to it, even if the slightest thing could be wrong. Because, again, we don't know the symptoms. Like Chuck said, he didn't know what was going on. He had to go find out for himself. Right. Nothing part of that too, and 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 just from from previous comments and everything that's kind of been said tonight, um, probably what Rodney was saying. You got the person who on the couch, you know, and don't want to get up. You got the person who's on the couch, and it might last for a few days, and they get up. And you know, I'm hearing that. Uh, T Hawk, you saying, you know, you was going through what you was going through. You knew you had to do something about it. And I think I asked Chuck earlier, you know, uh, some of his depressive episodes, they just bring them on himself. Because you got some people who get there and don't want to leave there, you know. So you get some people who get there, and, you know, I was dealing with a young lady some years ago, and I kind of had to go away from her because she would always talk about all the stuff she used to have and everything she used to do. And I'm like, well, what about now? You know, the present, you know, you have some setbacks in life and all that. 
come on, you know, I was trying to be a motivator. Get up, go do this, do this, you know, get back together. And she fought it. She fought it. She just wanted to stay in that depressive state. Right. I ain't got nothing. I don't want to be nothing. And you have that level, mm-hmm. you know, of person right there who don't, you know, and then you got a person who, you know, like I say, a number of us who dealt with it. You know, when I found out that I had PTSD because I was going through some depressive states, I was dealing with death and, you know, every time yeah. death, you know, it wasn't no regular breakdown. Like if, you know, a loved one passed, I mean, every time I heard about death, you know, I was going through some changes, man, you know, so I had wow. to really go and find out what was going on with me and deal with that, you know? And, um, so like I say, man, just the fact that when you have something with that in you, you know, Rodney talked about being wired in you and you want to move on from that. You had a desire to move on from that because you know, you can do better. You know, all that comes up and comes out and it wants to move. But I say again, I know you got some people who just want to waddle in that. They want to stay in that. And they, you know, for lack of a better word, from the outside looking in, it seems like they love it. They enjoy it. They enjoy that for some reason. I don't want to be the one that's always depressed, always sad, always angry, ain't got nothing, don't want nothing. You know, that's that's a hard life. Right. And again, and again, okay, go ahead. Are you letting me go? Oh, I, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll I say will. this, man. Um, I, 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 I'll, hold on, Tony. I'll say this, man, and, and, and I don't know the, the brother's name, but salute to you, man, for, you know, for, for getting the help you need. But I know, with the, you know, when I have, you know, very deep depressive episodes, you know, and I, I don't know anybody that's having a true, like, depressive episode if you're having a true like depressive episode, I don't understand how anybody would want to do would want to stay in that. And it and it kind of makes me question like, you know, are they doing it? You know, because they, you know, because I know when I'm going through it. I mean, it's just like if you, you know, if you're playing ball and you sprain your ankle, you don't, you don't want to stay in that pain. You want to get some relief as soon as you, you know what I mean. So yeah, I know with, with me, like if somebody. If it's a true like depressive episode and they're just really you know down in the dumps and you know having these crazy thoughts, I don't I don't understand how anybody could want to stay in that, and that, mm-hmm. I just find that very hard to believe, man, that they they really having a depressive episode or are they just but like somebody said earlier, just looking for attention because I know mm-hmm. when I'm talking like that, I don't, I don't want to stay there, man. You know, I have to. I mean, it may take me a while, but I got to figure out a way, you know, to 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 pull myself out of that. So, but you, you got to right? realize, Chuck. Yeah, but he does, and that's because that Chuck has developed coping skills. Yeah. And the yeah, thing yeah. is, there are, there are people who, once they get in that dark space, mm-hmm. they don't have the coping skills on their own right. to bring bring them out of this. So what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that maybe over some days, you know, they get back right. But some people just kind of stay in that funk because they they haven't processed it and they don't have the the skills and the tools to process it to get out of that right. like you like you yeah. are you have those tools you know also yeah. right not everybody I guess, like that I guess that's where alcoholism you know drug abuse that comes in I think that might play a part because they're trying to kill that you know instead of getting professional help you know then they'll use. You know, what we call self-medicating, you know, uh, I'm going to chase it away with alcohol. Yeah. I'm going to chase it away with opioids yeah. or whatever. 
Right, right. And I that's got a what Chuck said he make, would though. be doing. Right, right. <laughs> Go ahead, I got sir. a confession to make, and 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 I'm really happy. I'm really glad that I got to see the documentary because it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Because had I talked to Chuck three years ago and he told me he was depressed, I'd be like, come to Maryland, man, I'll cure you of that. Because we get to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because that's how I thought. I was like, Nah, nah, we ain't doing that, man. Come on, man. I got you. I got you. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's and that's and that's how I thought about it. Like, okay, you 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 don't feel well. You're down in the dumps. Come on, man. Let's pick up your spirits and let's go out and let's have some fun and let's stay out and have fun until you feel better. Let's fun it away. You know what I mean? Let's invite <laughs> it. The fun it away. And now I'm hearing, and, and, and now I'm hearing that it's just not that easy. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Nah, it's just nah, it's not bad. that easy. You nah, know what I mean? Nah. So it might not have been received well from you. You've been like, yo, but he's so insensitive, man. He just don't get me. Now I can't talk to this guy because he's tripping like that. But that would have <laughs> been my reaction. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, but that's mm-hmm. just me not being educated to it. And again, because I've never, I've never really dealt with it. You know, and I probably thought the way most other people thought that it was just something that was sporadic, it just happened to certain type of people or whatever. I didn't understand what it is now, like I do now. So I can be more understanding to it. And now that I am understanding to it, I really believe that people need to go and get for one, get it identified if that's what it is and then seek some help. Yeah. I like that it's, phrase. It's, I like that phrase, Tony, you made a new phrase. Let's fun it away. <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, because I just had a lot of, I had a lot of choices, things that happened in my life that weren't favorable to me. And I had to pull my boots up and find a way, you know what I mean, to to flip it. Get over it. Yeah. Just get over it. You know what I mean? And not, and not give anybody that power over me you know what I mean, to dictate what's going to happen next in my life because it was always up to me. And I always know it's always up to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And to sit on the couch. But, again, if it was depressive, it was, if it was a depressive state, maybe it wouldn't have been that simple for me. I'm not saying it was simple, but maybe it wouldn't have been as easy for me to get out of it. You know, that's what but, I'm hearing But you now, can tell. It's not that simple. Go ahead. Yeah, you can tell that the two of y'all are brothers because y'all have the same, you know, like Tony always going to the doctor for something. Like if he got a little ache or something, he going to the doctor. You know, where most men is like, I'm good, bro. You know, it would be all right. You know, I got a, I got a lump on my on my neck here that's, that's growing. Might be a growth or something, but I ain't going to the doctor. But right, and the right, same thing with right. Chuck is like both of them they have the same DNA so it's 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 real interesting to hear how both of them in different ways but in similar ways they're like yo I ain't sitting on this couch and moping yeah. around here like I got to do something about this and both of them right. are, are action oriented dudes you know which I find intriguing. Right. right. Yeah. I, I, I'll say this to Tony's point, man, about like he said, you know, he 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 would you know we would go fun it away. You know what I'm saying? But I'll kind of flip it because I remember like when I first started really noticing something wrong, you know, first, you know, I called my mom and, and this is before she educated herself. But the first thing she would ask me is, well, when is the last time you've been to church? Mm. 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 And I'm like, and I'm like, Mom, I was like, sometimes when I do go to church, I leave out feeling worse than when I got there. 
And and that's not right. a knock against the church, but it's just like it's it's deeper. You know what I mean? Like it's deeper than that. Like because because if you go to church and you feel that way, you know, and and you don't have the strength to stand up and you know, like they say, praise your way through it. Then you're told, well, your faith is not strong enough. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm getting beat up in church too. So why am I, you know, why am I, and not saying the church don't help because it, it, it definitely does, but mm-hmm. it, we have to get out of that mind state of where, you know, just pray about it and everything will be all right. Because, you what, know, you, you, you would, go ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. That's, it's, it's yeah. more than just what prayer. City, you got to take actions with it. Go ahead. You got to yeah, take action. What city you in, Chuck? Uh, Raleigh. They got they got elevation in Raleigh. Uh, no. No. Elevation no, Church. No elevation Church. You heard Chuck heard of them. Yeah, Steve heard it. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't have yeah, one in Raleigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have one in Raleigh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering because uh, yeah, yeah. If you had a, a elevation in in Raleigh, yeah, you should be there every Sunday. <laughs> they ain't gonna beat you up, but they're gonna. Yeah, mm. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you already yeah. know, bro. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome church, yeah. But, um, but then, you know, like I was saying, and we talked about that in the documentary, like, you know, and, and I was glad that a good friend of mine, which is which is a pastor, was actually in the documentary, uh, Jason Sloan, and he kind of texted me that, and he was like, you know, the, the, the church is really missing that as far as tapping into the, you know, a man's emotions and their, and their mental state. Because we're so busy doing other things, and it, let's just be real about it. You know, the church is just, just, it's just for the for the most part, it's just a lot of of, of feminine energy and and high mm-hmm. levels of feminine emotion. That that's what uh, they, that's the atmosphere that fills the church. Uh, I like disagree it, with you on that, <laughs> but I go ahead. I well, definitely have to disagree with you on that. But go ahead. Yeah, what you disagree funny. with? Yeah, I want to hear what the feminine like, energy part. The feminine uh, energy part, you disagree with that? He said the feminine energy part of it is, I, I mean, well, I think I, I see think, it. I think what he's saying, Sam, it. is that they cater, yeah. they cater the 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 programming, the scheduling, or whatever. It, it caters more to a woman than a man. I think that's pretty obvious, and that's because, again, it's it's a catch twenty two. Is is on one side. It's like you want to cater to the men, but then when you do, the men don't show up. It's like, well, we did this barbecue and this sports night or whatever for y'all, and y'all still don't show up. So we're gonna cater to the to the women, and we're gonna do this little brunch brunch or tea or whatever, because do we know they'll show up? So and mm-hmm. then you it's it's out of balance at that point. But I think that it just goes to the point where this whole conversation, you know, men are like, I'm good, bro. You know, yeah. and well, yeah, he did speak on, you know, like he said, the most he used the word emotions and emotional, and um, I think that's a part of. I mean, over here was, you know, I want to make a big issue, like say, what about so he said about church, you know, and I understood, you know, pretty much where he's coming from because it is, you know, you got that high rate of women and what they do and everything, you know, I just think that for a number of churches, in my opinion, you know, especially dealing with that, you know, they have men's ministries and stuff like that, and when you get into it, if you're really a person, if you're just looking for somewhere to just to go every Sunday, 
you know, then that's a different aspect. But if you actually get involved, you know, I think it's a different aspect too. But again, just as men, especially as black men, when it comes to us and dealing with our emotions, showing our emotions, especially publicly, you know, uh, I mean, outside the house is one thing or around family is one thing, but then to get outside the house and show this emotion, you know, I think somebody said earlier about, you know, uh, where can I be weak? You know, where can I be weak? And I think if you're in a good, loving, Bible-based church, you know, sometimes we have these conglomerates. I say I go to a small church. Rather, I call it small compared to these mega churches. You know, right. when you go to a, that big of a place, you know, you can't really release that. To me, in my opinion, like I say, because, you know, when you're in a more smaller, you know, uh, intimate place, you kind of can, you know, as a man, you kind of let your guard down a little bit, you know. That's, that's why I just think yeah, yeah, yeah. he different when he made that statement. You know, I think that um, the onus is still on us, though. I think that we have to know why we go to church. If someone says, come on, yeah. we just go to church, because that's what we do all Sunday, then maybe right. you need to find something else to do, right? Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go for fellowship, that's one thing. If you want to go to understand the word, that's another thing. If you want to go for somebody to tell you how to be a man or tell you how to be a husband or whatever, I think we all have our reasons for going, but we have to understand before we go, why are we going? You know, I know why I go to church. You know what I'm saying? But I also know that my relationship with God is something totally different than that. You know, at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, when I talk to him in my prayer closet, I get most of the answers that I need, and he'll tell me exactly what I need to do and how to do it. You know what I mean? But I have to believe that it's him, and I got to understand the relationship. I, I'm not going to get that from a pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it from a pastor. I'm not going to yeah. get it from a men's fellowship. It's, it's just not going to happen because my relationship mm-hmm. is, is, to me, is everything with him. You see right. what I'm saying? And a lot of times we put too much dependency on the church, and then mm-hmm. we're let down when it, when, it, right. when it doesn't come through, right? There but it's go. not supposed – it's not there for that. Right. I just don't believe that it's there for that. The man standing on the podium preaching the word. That's what it is. It's a text of the day. And let me give you my interpretation of the text of the day. That's right. it. If you want to stay in and again fellowship with that that's totally up to you. But you still gotta take that text and go imply it into your life. I believe. Right. If that's right. what you choose to do. But we still have to have our own relationship that supersedes all of everything else. Right. T.R., you just made some good points because, you know, that's what I was getting at. And to kind of narrow down the word, you know, the spirituality of it, the spirituality of it, you know, is just not one day. You know, when you have a relationship with God, you know, we serve a seven-day, 24-hour God. And sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. people put the uh, onus on the church, you know, the building, the people, the pastor, the this, the that, instead of, you know, what I extract from it when I – deal with scriptures and what I can get from that, what they did in the old days, in the Bible days, and how they overcame problems, situations. And sure, some situations that we deal with now is a little different in in, in a sense, you know, in 2020 than it was back then in the first century, but yet and still the same thing that involved uh, people, problem solving, and all these type situations, you know, and then you see the spiritual effect with God and you know your belief, so that comes into play. And I said all that to say, because of what you said, you know, is that again being men, uh, being around men, being around especially black men, and that's what we got to come back home to. We got to come home and back to 
dealing with one another, united with each other instead of being separated. You know, what's that old saying? United we stand, divided we fall, and we got to stop being so divided from one another and think we all out to get one another or stop trying to be out to get one another, and we got to have this unity, especially amongst men, man. We we got to. Because if we don't, uh, that's going to cause us to fail. I'm glad that we are at the place that we are right now at 11 o'clock because I got a monkey wrench and I kind of don't want to say it because <laughs> I've, been, I've been educated this last hour, but since I wrote it, I got to say it. So the 11 o'clock monkey wrench is, what would Jesus say to a man suffering from depression? <laughs> mm. All right, all right. I like that one. <laughs> oh, what would he say? And, and this wow. is before uh, uh, Prozac. This was before Zoloft, before all the medicines that people, you, you know, use to treat. This, what would he say to someone suffering from depression? Anybody? I mean. All, all, okay. This, this is what I say. And right. Jesus was basically the living embodiment of, of the word of God. Right. right. So, uh, I mean, what Jesus would say is, you know, cast your cares upon me. You know, I care, I care about you. Like he says in his word, since he is the living embodiment of the word. So that, that's all he would say. Right. And, and that's what you would do. But, but then at the same time, um, you know, he would say, you know, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. So even though you may be dealing with this, my grace is sufficient. I'm going to give you the grace to be able to deal with this. That that's what I think he would say. Right, right. But you know, is that enough is it, though? But but is that enough when you're going through, or when someone not you, but when someone's going through, like you say, that that deep depressive state is that enough to sit and say you know what Jesus didn't this, this, this is not the life that Jesus would want for me right oh, exactly yeah. not exactly not Cause, you know that's what I was going to add to it you know what the brother just said but you know what you're saying there remind me of scripture and I, I'll make it quick but it was a brother in the bible and they say he had been sick I think about 38 years and they said he would go to this pool, and every time certain year the pool would be stirred up by the angel, and whoever got in first would be healed. And they say Jesus came around, and there was a man there, and he asked him, "Wilt thou be made whole?" In other words, he asked him, "Do you want to be healed?" That's the question he asked him. But the guy said, "Well, when the water stirred, I don't have nobody to put me in," and yada yada yada. He went on. Uh, Jesus still healed him, you know. So I said that to say. Instead of us looking for, you know, what would Jesus want us to do, you know, instead of looking for excuses of saying, why I don't go get no mental help or why I'm not having coming over this depression or why I haven't came over there, you know, it's ways to overcome it is is, is uh, what we just talked about. Rodney said is got so many outlets out here. We got to utilize them. You know, it's ways to utilize those things. It's ways to overcome. Don't just look for an excuse why I need to stay depressed. Don't look for an excuse why I need to stay broke. Don't look for an excuse why I can't have. Man, get up off that dang on bed. Get up off that couch, whatever it is, and just go talk to somebody. Let somebody know. Somebody reach out to somebody. 
And what and and why do you think that Jesus told him to pick up his mat? It was a wrap, cause it's a wrap, and then that's the testimony right there. Boy, I done picked this up, and it's a wrap for all this whole, you know, right? It's a wrap. Yeah, it's over. But it was it was a wrap, but it was also a reminder. Yeah. Because if he would have just walked off and, you know, and didn't, you know, it's almost like uh, Linus with his uh, security blanket. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, that Matt reminds him when he had, you know, he was sitting there, you know, for years and couldn't, yeah. couldn't walk. So yeah. that, that's why Jesus made the point. It's like, get your mat, bro. So, you, so you, you'll be reminded of the miracle. Because and, right. and still right. we sometimes we still forget, unfortunately. We still yeah. forget. We still forget. And that and it's funny you say that because when I was thinking of that monkey wrench, my answer was pick up your mat. That was it. That's the only thing that kept coming to my head. Like, you know, pick up your mat because mm. this is not this is not in the plan that I have for you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But again. I said I was hesitant to ask it because now I, I realize that it's a lot deeper than just pick up your mat. Even though I still believe that to be true, but I see that it's a lot deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked it because, I mean, it's sometimes when you write stuff down, I think it's, it's written for a reason, you know, and it's got to see. He just roll it out, roll the dice on it, see where it goes. You got you, you to roll the dice on it, man. But, you know, I'm just so honored, man, that Chuck was able to come on tonight because yes, sir. Yeah. We, talk, we, we talk about a lot on this show since 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did touch on depression with Darren's, and then we've touched on bipolar before. Um, mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. a deep, that was a deep, Show right there, man. It was yeah. heavy. This joint was right. deep too. Right, yeah. right, right. But right, but we didn't get a chance to to revisit it. I don't really think that you know. And I'm glad that we have, you know, this documentary because the documentary is for all of us. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 we got to get behind it, and we got to watch it, and we got to share it, and we got to do all that thing. Because you know, I'm good, bro. You know. Ninety percent of it's BS, cause we ain't good. <laughs> we ain't good. Ninety percent of it's BS. we ain't good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chuck Chuck sent me a text while I was going through my drama, and my my response probably was, "I'm good, bro." But yet I'm going yeah. to <laughs> You feel what I'm saying? I think That's, too- that's real yeah, talk, think, man. Yeah, I think too, Tony and and Chuck. I think that some of that I'm good, bro. Is I don't want you in my business to that degree. You know, I think it is. You know, some of that. Um, there is some stuff that goes on in your household that don't need to leave your household. However, there are a lot of things that we go through as black men that we need to discuss and be open about and transparent about that we don't discuss, but I think that some of that, you know, just a little bit, I think we, too, too, too much of the time, we're like, well, you know, that ain't none of your business. You know, I'm good. I'm good. If you're asking, if you're wondering, I'm good, bro. When that's, it's, it's not the truth. So, 
Yeah. Or sometimes, yeah. you know, just it's hard to release that information to somebody, you know, or talk to somebody. Hey, even if it's a good friend of yours, you know, and you're like, man, but, you, you know, you really can't do nothing for me. You know, if I'm telling you yeah. this, I might be just spinning my wheels. And then sometimes, you know, talking is good, you know. So I think that, you know, again, growing up, though, and many of our households, you know, was, you know, happened at the house, stayed at the house. So, you know, again, just talking about our culture and being black, you know, sometimes that plays its part within us as well. Yeah. Man, let me tell y'all something, man. There's a part in the documentary, and again, I'm going to tell you anyway, even though you didn't watch it, man. What is college-educated brother, Ivy League-type guy, was having some employment issues and had to go flip burgers, right? Mm-hmm. And and that rocked him. And I could see that. I could see that. You see what I'm saying? And then his wife yeah. came to visit him to surprise him at the drive through and that just broke him, you know. And and that's a real story. That's yeah. not like a made-for-TV story. That's a real – that could be any one of us. Yeah. You know what I'm no. saying? Well, we, no. you could be a CEO of a company, and guess what? The, whatever your product is is no longer relevant. So now you've got to find a way to eat, and you want to do whatever you need to do to support your family, and maybe something that's unfavorable or something that's pretty much in your mind beneath you. But you still got, if you're a man, you're going to do it anyway. That's enough to so his somebody wife, to, go ahead. Yeah, so his wife came to surprise him to lift him up and give him some encouragement? Yeah, that's um, that's Corbin's, yeah. that's one of Corbin's boys. Corbin, is Corbin, he still on yeah. there? Yeah, he's still on there. Corbin, tell us, man. What what the, what the story, <laughs> what's, what's the drive-through story like? Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'll let him tell you. Is he on mute? Corbin, you there, bro? Yeah, I think you might be on mute, bro. Unmute yourself, man. It might be past Corbin's Corbin. bedtime. Yeah, All right, well, Chuck, my go, ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead, yeah, tell Chuck. us, Chuck. Corbin, Corbin, sleep. Sleep at the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, uh, it was it was, uh, it was Corbin's, um, Corbin's frat brother, Deron. And him and his wife got married. And, like, I think, like, three days later, they moved from L.A. to somewhere in the Midwest, uh, somewhere in Indiana, I think. And um, and so the situation was uh, Deron had his master's. But the reason they moved was because his wife was pursuing a doctorate degree. And mm-hmm. he was having trouble finding a job. And the, the thing was, he didn't really have to work. I think he had saved up like a month, um, a year's worth of rent. You know, uh, they had money saved up. But because he was at home, not feeling like a man because he wasn't working and basically his wife was, you know, being the the foundation of the family. And it was at that time, it was just them two. They didn't have kids yet. And mm-hmm. he could not see them work in his field. And he was like, yo, I need to do something because I'm sitting on this couch. I'm, you know, I'm sad. I'm depressed. And so finally he had to alter his resume a little bit and he got a job at McDonald's. And so basically he was going to work every day. And so his wife, you know, she kind of knew that, you know, he was, you know, not really doing what he 
uh, he, he was not doing the type of work that he wanted to be. You know what I mean? So she said that she would just go surprise him at the drive mm-hmm. one day. And um, so he was saying in the documentary that he heard a voice on his earpiece, but, you know, he didn't really pay any attention. And she mm-hmm. wanted some food. And he said when he turned around to give his food, he saw that he was his wife. And he just just broke down. And he was just like, and to hear him tell it, I mean, it's just like, but he said he just broke down. Yeah, and at that point, he just did not feel worthy. Like, he didn't feel like a man, and he he was embarrassed. And it was at that Mm -hmm. point where his marriage just, like, took a big hit, like a huge hit. Because, you know, he said he stopped shaving, stopped working, he, he accused his wife of cheating. Uh, and this oh was gosh. all because he really felt like that he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do as a man. Yeah, it's deep, man. And uh, yeah, he said deep. it was at that point he started putting knives to his wrist, and every day he was playing with knives, and he was just like, okay, I need to go get help because this something's wrong. You see what I'm saying? And then that's when everything mm. he needed, he got the help he needed. And now they're good. Two kids, you know, they live here in Raleigh. And uh, everything's good, man. But it's a very deep story. Very deep yeah. story. Yeah. But see, now that, that's kind of one of those things, just listen to that, you know, and I'm glad you're all right, you know, but you put that pressure on yourself, you know, to a certain extent. Right. Like, say, you put that pressure. And, I mean, although, you know, and I don't know his mentality, what he was thinking, but I'll say he was going through that, no, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. But still, I mean, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, we thinking, or at least I'm thinking, you know, well, you know, hopefully he was thinking, you know, this is not the end of the road. I'm not going to be at this McDonald's very long. I'm doing it for a short amount of time till I get to the next step in life or whatever, whatever. You know, and we think about what happened to that process maybe before him to kind of go right into that, wow, my wife see me here, and, you know, I got a damn Ronald McDonald uniform on. You know, I feel some type of way about myself, and and, and it just takes from that, you know, because, like I say, I, I found myself, you know, and, and when I was married, you know, I had well, I was working two jobs at one time. I was working two jobs, but I knew what the purpose was. I knew I was there and what I was doing, you know. And then later on, what I really wanted to do came up, and I got into that. But it's like you can find yourself with two ways with certain things. You can find yourself either saying, you know, I'm dealing with this to a certain extent. This is why I'm dealing with this. It's only a short time. Or you can just put yourself to say, man, I'm at the bottom of the barrel. This right. is trash, you know, I'm here, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden, like I say, he saw his wife, and then it just broke him down. So, right on. Right. That's that mental, emotional type thing that we deal yeah. with. I, think, I right. think that story was, I think that was basically kind of the, uh, if this is the correct term to use, it was kind of the, the, the conduit to him realizing that he did have depression. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like it took yeah, it took right. that to happen for him to realize. Wait a minute, something's not right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the angle he took with that particular story. But yeah, it's it's, it's deep, man. Yeah, right, right. And and looking at the guy tell the story again. Some of you guys, I, I if I walk past you in, in the Walmart, I would never. I wouldn't even know you because we've been talking on the phone for years. Unless we started talking, I know your voice. Right, so looking yeah. at this guy, he could be any one of us. 
Yeah. Right. He oh, didn't yeah. have any issues going in. It seemed like they were happy. They was good. They moved. She got a good job. He said, I'm going to support my wife in Indiana. We good to go. And then, bam, he slipped into a depressive state. And it was it was deep because he was playing Russian roulette with his own wrist every day. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So, again, yeah. like I said, the fact that I, my whole outlook on it has changed now because I get I get it. You know, and it's not just those. We can talk about people that were born with it, but this guy wasn't born with it. This happened right. because of an incident. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm good, bro. Yeah. I say that to say, man, we need to ask another question. I'm good, bro. Yo, what? But but how are you good, bro? Yeah. I mean, what's really going on in your life? We need to dig if we love them, if we care about them. I think we might need to dig a little bit more and stay on the phone a little longer and be like. But what's really going on? Or get vulnerable with them so they'll get vulnerable with you. But, again, like I said, you would have never known that this guy was even capable of having that type of episode. Mm -hmm. And then use that word again, T-Hog, that vulnerable, again, you know, you spoke on it earlier about where can I be weak, you know, and and that's a – you know, for men, you know, that's that struggle, you know, to open up that vulnerability, you know, especially to your woman or, well, it shouldn't be to your woman, I take that back, but to, you know, maybe another man that's not related to you or something like that or somebody that's not related, you know, maybe you might feel comfortable, you know, with your mom, your dad, or brother, sister, you know, maybe your spouse, hopefully, if your marriage is not in shambles. But, again, to have that moment where you can be vulnerable, where you can be weak, that's, that's a hard place to be. Right, 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 right. Good words, good words. And we only got 10 minutes left, so I got one more question for Chuck. Chuck, you still with us? Yes, sir. Um, so you going to jump that broom again, bro, or or, or what? Or <laughs> you? Break, break that damn broom. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you got to preface that with I have a monkey wrench, sir. Man, <laughs> you need to set him up right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, 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 we ain't got enough time. Only got 10 minutes. I'm setting him up. <laughs> <laughs> Just spit it out. Wait for the juggler. Wait for the juggler. Oh, I, gosh. I, I, yeah, man, I absolutely want to be married again, man. I, I enjoy being married. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. And, and uh, dating sucks, yo. Like, I... <laughs> Yeah, I right. just that's what we've heard. I mean, these, these women, man, are just, and I'm not knocking all women, but I mean, like, God, they just, they just bred differently. I don't, but yeah, I, I, I absolutely want to be married again. But I'm just, I'm taking my time, man. Uh, you know, I gotta, yeah. I gotta make sure I'm right first. You know what I'm saying? Make sure I'm good. And uh, right. and you know, when the time comes, man. Yeah, you know, because I want my, I want my son to see a full family unit. You know what I mean? I don't want him right, to do the rest right. of the You know, and I want him feeling that it is possible. So, to answer your question, absolutely, man, I want to get married again. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know what. Good word. Good word. Good word. Good word. That's what I wanted to hear. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Because we weren't meant to be alone, man. We're just not meant to be alone. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, especially getting up in the age, man. Dating sucks, but growing old alone sucks even more. Yeah, I'm saying so. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's all I got, y'all. Anybody else got anything else? We got eight minutes. Um, oh, I got something. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I
I'll shoot you the uh I don't know if all you guys are friends with uh Ryan on Facebook, but I'll shoot you the link. I mean if you want to yeah, post it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would appreciate yeah, if y'all check it out, man. I think I think you'll really uh you know, really enjoy it, man, and you know, get some stuff out of it. We're getting a we're getting a lot of uh publicity behind it, man. So that that Tyler Perry thing might not be too far fetched. Uh, oh, so and neither, right. neither is Netflix. Neither is Netflix, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I got, I got it, Chuck. I got it, Chuck. I'm posting oh, okay. on my page right now. Cool, man. Sounds good. Right. So your Rodney, so your Rodney Facebook page? Yeah, it's gonna be on my page in a few minutes. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, post, post it on the Married Men Don't Talk page too. I guess if you post it on there, right? Yep. I don't and know who goes there first. Yeah, I'm Rodney. On there first. Wow. Rodney, mm-hmm. I was telling Tony, man, we're actually going to be up in your area um, at the end of November and the beginning of the December, man, doing some screening. So, you know, if you want to come out, man, it shouldn't be too far away from me. If you want to come out, man, we'll that'll be you. cool. You know, hang out. Oh, no doubt. Now, right. you, now, the end of November, I will be here. That's Thanksgiving weekend? Yeah. Uh, the t- oh, the 21st. The 21st and then again on December the 10th. No, oh, we'll that's the twenty first is before is before. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, that's man. before my number, that's man. Before let me know, man. Yeah. Okay, I'm yeah, really looking at my calendar right now. I stay booked all the time. Hold on. Right, I'm good. I'm good. Both of them. Calendar right now. The twenty first. Ooh, that's yeah. a Thursday. Yes, yeah, right. Thursday. It's at seven. Uh, it's seven p.m. Ronnie, Ronnie, you're ah. a ballet over. You ain't got to go to ballet on Thursday. No, it's, uh, <laughs> no, actually, actually, it's no, it's it's funny because I my wife is gonna be um, in a conference um, for, from the 20th through the 24th. So literally, I'm gonna oh, okay. be by myself. So I gotta go to and ballet is six to eight that night. But I'm 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 gonna do what I need to do as a father. But y'all let me know because. I can after my responsibilities are over, I I can get there like nine if y'all are still rapping. I can get yeah, out, yeah, you know, and the house will be yeah, set all up. So is, all we do is uh, mm-hmm. we show the documentary, man. But the Q and A is the Q and pretty much what we did tonight. But the the Q and A is really the um, you know, is really where you get all the information and you know. So that's so yeah. If you get that after eight, then that's cool. That's that's when the party really gets started anyway. So. Okay, yeah, definitely. Right. Let right. me know, bro. Let me know, bro. I'm already there. Let me know. I'm already there. I know Tony I'm already there, you. yeah. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> let me know. Well, one of y'all, y'all hear this now. Now, one of y'all got to let me know where it is so I know where to be. I got be. you. I got yeah, look, All right. look on my page. Look on my page. You'll see the link on there for, um, it says something like, to all my, uh, the DMV. For the DMV? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see it. I'm going to go read yeah. it now. Yes, I did see that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thank cool. you. Okay. I got it. So y'all good. I I, I see it myself. I will I'll make it a point to be there. Thank y'all. Appreciate cool, that. Cool, man. All right. All right. Appreciate it, fellas. All right. Thank you for calling in, y'all. That is about it. We got five minutes left. If nobody's got nothing, we'll shut the phone lines down. And when's the next show, Rodney? Uh, November 26th. November 26th. And that's the week of Thanksgiving. So. We'll be here. We'll be here. All right. Darren will be on deck. Right. So the week of Thanksgiving. So y'all be there. Be square. 
But yeah, appreciate you, Chuck, man. Good to hear your I voice. I'm you. glad you you're still doing big things and Corbin. I guess he's still asleep. Um, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tell him we we appreciate him too. And, um, I, hope, I hope like to see y'all on too. the. Yeah, Tony, you talk about you used to wake up at 4 o'clock on Daylight Savings Day. I woke up at 4.30 for nothing. Literally for wow. nothing. Nothing happened. No noise. I didn't have to go to the back. It was like, whoop, 4.30. I was up. Right. And, uh, and then I think the game was on. Who was playing? Was the Patriots playing? I think yes, the Patriots might have been playing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, they so, played uh, my um, wife Baltimore. Day. Yeah, and they got their 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 butts handed to them, bro. They should. Yeah, they, they, did. they got. Yeah, they yeah. got it. Yeah. Was that their first loss? First it loss. It was. It was. They so, were, okay. Yeah, we were up for that. So I was up from four thirty, and I think I slept for maybe ten twenty minutes at some point during the day, but um until that game was over, maybe close to midnight. So I was done on Monday, bro. I mean, I I was right. done. I was right. done. So. But yeah, all right, fellas. If y'all ain't got oh, nothing right. else, you know we'll hold it there, nothing. and uh, we'll talk to y'all at the end of the month. Y'all be alrighty. Peace. All right, later. Peace. Peace. Peace.